This podcast is part of the Other Side Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to Maker's Corner episode 6. My name is Yannick, I'm the French guy from Switzerland and joining me tonight is my friend Nate. Hello Nate, how are you? How are you? I'm fine, you know, but how are you over there in uh, in in the uh, beautiful Swiss... Are you in the Alps? I don't remember. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, well... Um... I'm I'm well I'm uh, I'm healthy so that's the good a good yep. point. That's good. Uh, we are a little bit cold here. We had snow actually uh, a oh. few days ago. Uh, it's supposed to get warmer uh, in the in the coming days. But uh, yeah, we it, it there's there's definitely a, a spring feel, you know, um, as uh, we have uh, a lot of sun, but the temperature is not not that uh, high, so it's still a bit. Uh, Chitty. It's been like in the um so I'm gonna give it to you in Fahrenheit. It's been uh today it's like in the fifties Fahrenheit. So I don't know if that's yeah that'd be what fifties, uh, that's what uh in the teens, I think. I don't remember. Yeah, something like I, that. I could probably do a conversion. 15, but so anyway. that's fifteen uh minus thirty two and divided by one point eight, something like that. Yeah, something like around that. Then. Yeah. I could, so I could yeah, around, around, around ten degrees and uh, Celsius, I guess. Right. Something so, like that, yeah. But my my flower garden is starting to like the my annuals are starting to pop back up, so it's looking like there's so there's green yeah. coming back to my front yard, and I really like that. Yeah. And then uh, I I switched over my my Christmas li- my Christmas lights my my house lights oh, I slipped up from St Patrick's to Easter, and it looks really good. I gotta take I gotta take a picture tonight and send it to you. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, but it looks I think really. I've seen it- not, you I think I've seen it? one picture in uh, in in the Telegram group. Okay, well, I didn't I didn't do the Easter one yet. So um, ah, okay, but, uh, so I think it, it last one I sent off was St. Patrick's. Okay, and uh, but anyway, yeah, I'm so I, I, it looks nice. I got to get. I was supposed to pick up a wreath from a lady at work, but I'm currently banned from the office. So until <laughs> uh, until the governor changes something, I'm stuck. You know what? I yeah, bet I could. I'm stuck what if somebody too. is in there? I could probably finagle. I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> but um so yeah but it's um yeah it's it's spring is definitely in the air i've uh i I'm, i've been looking i think i want to start doing some outdoor if it, if the weather holds i'm gonna start doing some outdoor like spring cleaning so they're like leaves still mm-hmm. hanging out you know uh you know if there's a robot i could get to take care of that for me that would be great <laughs> yeah and uh, you can have a robot for the for the um uh, for the grass but uh, i don't i don't know if you can have a robot for uh well, everything else. <laughs> yeah, I don't either. But anyway. Anyway, in this episode, um, I'm still working from home and I've been printing a game for my daughter. And we're going to talk about this game. Uh, Nate, uh, what have you been up to? So for me, I've, um, outside of like, you know, trying to keep the kids, you know, engaged and entertained, <laughs> yeah. that takes a lot of effort. <laughs> that takes up almost all my bandwidth now. Um, I, I've been working on my Commodore 64 again, you know, the, mm. it's, uh, what I've been having, I was having some issues and I wasn't sure what it was. I thought maybe a chip was going bad and I talked to a bunch of smarter than me people, which is pretty much everybody on the internet. And, mm-hmm. and they said, well, you can put on some heat sinks and reseat your socketed chips. So I, I did that. I bought 
I bought a set of these little aluminum heat sinks. I don't know if you can kind of see that. Um, mm-hmm. I can send yeah. a picture. And um, put I put those on the Commodore 64. I installed my Wi-Fi adapter that I got from your side of the pond. And mm-hmm. uh, it's... Talked about that last time. I yes. Guess. And so mm-hmm. it's working. However, I'm having an issue. It's not able to, like, it connects to the network, but I can't... It, something's happening where it's not able to find the um, the BBSs out there the on the internet. So I don't know what's causing that issue. But I will figure it out at some point in time. And because uh, I know I can get to them from my, my Linux machine, but I can't get to them from my Commodore 64. So I don't know if it's maybe some sort of DNS thing that's not pulling down or anyway, I'll, I'll figure that out. And I'm hoping to finally get online doing BBS stuff. And then I need to set up a Telnet server so that I can actually Telnet into something else like an, a Linux box. And from there, I'm going to springboard and do things like from the Commodore 64, like get into Telegram or Discord you know, uh, things yeah. like that, IRC. So I wanna, that's that's my, my intent is to have my Commodore 64 as my little, you know, terminal to my side here instead of using yeah. this, you know, modern business that I'm on, you know, as kind of like a, like, like a taking a break from reality, I think is what I'm going to do. <laughs> Take a break from you, everything, you, yeah. Do you have a way to record the, uh, the, the screen of this uh, Commodore? To do I some sure screen do. capture? You do. I've, wow. I've, already, I've, already so, done, I've already tested it too, so it works. Nice. So to to uh, to summarize that you you you're going to use your Commodore sixty four with with that uh, Wi Fi adapter mm-hmm. to basically replace well not a desktop computer, but that would be like what like uh, replacing a, a a dumb terminal. Or? Yeah, basically, I'll treat it like a dumb terminal. No, yeah. not okay. a dumb terminal. A very smart, precious Commodore sixty four terminal. <laughs> <laughs> is there so, any uh, is there any graphical environment on on the Commodore sixty four? There is, but I don't. Um, it's called Geos. It's it's actually pretty decent, but that's not what I want. Yeah. I, I I want yeah. uh, I I want a terminal. Is what I want. You want so, a terminal? Okay. Yeah. So okay. I think, so, I think the well, the people that that yeah. like that you know fancy you know modern nineties look that's that's not for me. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So I I understand that because it's it's still a computer. It's a Commodore sixty four. It's a computer. It's not going to be just a dumb terminal. You can make that terminal do some interesting stuff like color and and sound and. Uh, yeah, semi-graphic maybe oh yeah no it can do all those things it, can, it actually has a lot of those capabilities but i i want to use it like for i want to i want to basically shoehorn this into doing something productive not just play games basically that's really what i want to do mm-hmm. i'm trying to, i'm trying to shoehorn and shoehorn it into doing you know useful things what would be fun is actually have it be the control mechanism for um like obs scenes instead of using mm-hmm. um Another like a, a, a the tablet or or the phone as an additional like a side a side unit because all those APIs are open and I'm sure there's terminal there's a way to access it through the terminal so I can do it from the terminal then I can access it from the Commodore 64 and so that can actually be my OBS scene controller mechanism that's and really the you goal could, you could have there. part of of the intelligence of the system on the Commodore oh and, yeah and good so oh, that's interesting what what kind of uh, language does uh, well, what kind of language can you use to to um, develop programs for the Commodore? Do you know that? Uh, so I have I have played with assembly on the Commodore sixty four, and also of course the Commodore sixty four basic. I'm not exactly sure how I would do. I'd probably just do a, a simple basic program 
honestly, for that. Just as long as I can mm-hmm. send those commands to the other machine. But there might be a better way of doing it. Uh, just for starters at this point, I just want to see if I can do, you know, that's kind of, that's, that'd be further down the road. For now, I just want to see if I can get it doing simple, basic terminal type, you know, activities. Yeah. But yeah, there's, there's actually lots of things. And th- that would be a fun project. You know, OBS, you know, yeah, uh, OBS controller Sinchenger. from the Commodore 64. Yeah, that'd be, be kind of ridiculous, yeah. but I think I would enjoy that. <laughs> and uh, you could always browse the internet with uh, links. Or, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know if there's a better alternative now to browse the I, internet. I, w- uh, WM3 or W3M, I can't remember how it's called. All right, gonna, I'll look it up here. Yeah. Uh, I think w, W3. What's the uh, the resolution of the of the Commodore, or in, in terms of terminal, not not necessarily in terms of So it graphics, can do, uh, W3M is the terminal, uh, is the terminal browser. The, um, the Commodore 64 has, it's a 40 column display, but you can have it do 80 column. It's just harder on, it's, it's a little bit uh, doesn't work real well, actually. I mean, it's okay. It'll it'll be it, it would be fine, but I prefer the bigger text. It's more of a nostalgic thing, I think, for me. Yeah, so. uh, although forty columns that that's really not a lot. <laughs> no, it's actually kind of terrible. But it's not. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you well, know, but... it's it's not because I'm trying to be practical. I mean, let's let's be real. I'm I'm being silly. So yeah. But for, for, for something like, as you said, a, an OBS uh, scene changer, that, that's enough because you don't, you don't need 132 columns for that. Nope. Well, that, would, that's that's actually need, that's pretty nice. Yeah. So we'll see if I can get that going. I mean, it's, it's one of those, that's a pipe dream. Right now, it's just basic things, but that, that would be the uh, pipe dream right there. So. All right. So what did you exactly do when you said you reseated your, your socketed chips? Uh, what, what, was, what was that? Which. Uh, which uh, ships did you uh, did you resocket with it? Uh, I resocketed the the three ROM chips inside of it, the kernel, mm-hmm. the character, and the something else ROM. I feel stupid now. The uh, yeah. <laughs> the the PLA, the programmable logic array, or is it array? Something like that. The, program, the programmable logic, basically the kind of thing that glues the whole the logic of the whole board together. Yeah. The uh, the SID chip, the CPU. I say CPU already? It's not a CPU. It's actually the main processor unit. It's called an MPU. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Okay. And then also the VIC chip. And then I put um, I put the heat sinks on all of those chips plus the two CIA chips, the control interface things control that, that controls the keyboard and mm-hmm. the user, a bunch of stuff like that. They, so anyway, so, uh, so on those. And I, I have noticed, like, I can, you know, none of them are getting hot. I mean, I can feel heat in them, so I know it's, it's working, pulling, it, pulling heat away. And then I got rid of the um, uh, the cardboard IR shield yeah. thing. I just kind of cut that off and got rid of it. But um, yeah, so it, it does seem to actually run better as far as like it's not locking up on me like it was. And that's what, mm-hmm. that was my concern. So I, I think maybe between reseeding them and then keeping the heat away. The heat away is mostly for preserving the life of the chips because they're going to fail eventually. Um, so I just wonder if I can get a few more years out of it by throwing out, slapping on some pieces of aluminum you know, yeah. Why not? Otherwise, why not? I have to replace yeah, sure. it all with Arduinos and and uh, FPGAs. Uh, F- yeah, uh, <laughs> that, <laughs> because those kind of of machines, uh, they're they're not that complex. I mean, uh, it it's an, an architecture from twenty what twenty thirty 30, years ago twenty 40. years ago. Yeah, well, the eighties was only years twenty ago. years ago, right? So yeah, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, we we uh, established that math. last time. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> so the 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 I guess the the, the schematics and everything you can find that every, uh, online quite easily. Oh, oh yeah. The, in fact, they've. I mean, everything has been pretty much exploited on the machine. So uh, every every chip has been mapped. Everything has been done. So it's it's. Um, there are replacement like the SID chip, which is kind of rare. Someone actually made a SID, I think, out of an Arduino that, that does mm. that, or not maybe not an Arduino, some some other. It's um some other chip, basically some other like modern whatever that just basically it responds, you know, um, real time to whatever the Commodore sixty four needs for sound and analog input. So they have all that stuff. It's all pretty well mapped out, and, I, and people will say, "Oh, it doesn't sound as good." And I've listened to all some comparisons. I'm like, mm, "It's close enough for me." Yeah, yeah. it's amazing yeah, actually um, what people are able to do. Do you know um, on YouTube uh, a channel uh, that's uh, called the um, the Eight Bit Guy? Oh yes. Yeah, Absolutely. I like I, fact, I like this thing. I even bought a Planet X2 for the Commodore 64. Ah, from him. <laughs> nice. Yeah, he's doing a lot of stuff uh, with with those old computers. It's amazing what uh, what he does. Yeah, it is. It's neat to see. Yeah. There's yeah. there's a um, yeah, there's also a retro man cave from, I think he's from the UK. He's got a really okay. nice, really nice, very calm, soothing voice. I watch him also. <laughs> um, there's another guy at Perifractic. He's a, uh, he's out of, um, he's actually, I think he's British, but he's from, um, he lives in California. And okay. he, um, he does some other stuff too. It's very interesting. He's, he does these extreme refurbish of, of Commodore, Commodore 64s. He, he just had a video of where it was completely just trashed. Like it looked like it got, run over by a tank and he was yeah. able to fix the plastic fix the board everything and make it like, i think yeah yeah i think youtube uh put that in my uh, uh suggested su suggested videos it's a rabbit That's hole awesome. you gotta be careful you get lost yeah yeah i know <laughs> i know and and the thing is i don't have any of those machines and i probably will never have one but still it's it's uh it's interesting to watch uh to watch them so yeah yeah it I, is uh, it's fun. I, I I'm pretty sure if I had uh, some some of those uh, machines around, I would uh, try and uh, and mess with them. It's, What's fun uh, is it's, it's awesome. But what I think is fun is when people like are integrating modern hardware into the old stuff. Yeah, to replace the, the yeah, stuff. And, yeah, and the like like the Arduino's, the compact flash adapters, the uh, like. Um, there's a, a replacement disk drive using a Raspberry Pi for the Commodore 64. <laughs> there's all these different things people are doing. That I think yeah. is just absolutely amazing. Like, how how did you come up with that? That's amazing yeah, to know. me. So yeah, yeah. it's like right. like replacing some component with with some FPGA, for example. Yeah. Uh, reprogramming stuff because the original part doesn't exist anymore. Right. And it, it it's just <laughs> it's just uh, mind blowing. It is. All right. So. I understand that you sent me you, some teaser photos on Telegram. <laughs> you yeah. built a game, like you made yeah. a game, entirely well, yeah. printed, and it looks it looks great. Obviously, some sort of white plastic, and then yes. you put like those a different color letter, which I think used pink. Mm -hmm. How did you do uh, that? Pink, yeah, pink, blue, and so on. So uh, this all comes from. The fact that uh, my daughter uh, is now uh, homeschooled, as are, uh, I guess, 90% uh, of the children uh, on this planet right now. 
And so one of the assignments that uh, her teacher sent us is for her to learn the numbers from 1 to 20. So 1 to 10, it's, a, it's kind of okay. 10 to 20, not at all. So what, uh, with, with her mother, we, we, we talked about that. And she said, oh, it would be nice to have a game. Like, like um, I don't know how you, you would call that. You know, it's this game where, where you have numbers on the card and then... Uh, uh, someone draws random numbers, and when your card is full, then uh, you you win you win a prize. Um, I don't know how to call this this in uh, in English, but uh, anyway. So so I don't either. We first yeah <laughs> we first started with with the idea that we would uh, have like uh, 10, 20 cards uh, with with the numbers uh, printed on printed on them, and then I, I thought. Yeah, but you know, after after a while, you know, you you know the cards, and then you don't look at the numbers. You know that the card where you have six, uh, twenty-four, uh, fourteen, and and seven, and it won't be really interesting. So we made some uh, different iteration, and we ended up with um, a game. Uh, we well, uh, uh, mechanics. The game is pretty simple. So I have. Uh, 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 let's let's call that a board with uh, hexagons um, holes, okay. Uh, and then there's another part which are uh, some hexagons that go inside those holes with numbers on them from one to twenty. And the goal is to have that in four colors. So that's going to be pink. I don't. Uh, I have to think about that because my daughter chooses the color, and I have to <laughs> comply. Uh, so right. that's pink, blue, red, and green. So we're gonna have eighty, uh, eighty coins. Let's call them mm-hmm. coins uh, uh, total. And then what? What the game is going to be that you, you're going to draw for each player. You're going to draw those those coins at random. So you're gonna have random colors and random numbers, and you put that in your on your on your board on, in front of you. I mean, you you could have just them in front of you but for the fun I, I did this uh, this board I'm going to put some uh, pictures uh, in, in the show notes and then there's another component of that which is a bigger hexagon that comes on top of that that's kind of a uh, how do you call that a cap that you can uh, uh, put that on top and then so when you get your 10 numbers and uh, in front of you then uh, someone maybe a grown-up or maybe one of the children who plays, who cares, I don't know, uh, will draw those caps one by one. And the goal is to recognize the number and the color. And whoever has this number and with in this color, just raise the hand. And once they get uh, uh, all 10 numbers, um, they won the game. It's pretty simple, but uh, uh, it I, I like how my, uh, my print turned out. Um, it's pretty com- uh, complex to describe um, by just talking about it. So uh, I'll put some uh, some picture in the in the show notes. Um, I don't have a name for this game yet. Uh, I guess to to be cool, it should be called Eggs Something <laughs> because there are hexagons. Eggs numbers. Yeah, why not? <laughs> and uh, yeah, so you 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 wondered how I. I printed the numbers uh, in color on top of the uh, yes. uh, of the white part. So that's actually pretty easy. 
in Fusion 360, I designed the, the part with the number. So it's it's one part, the uh, the hexagon, the, the, the coin, the hexagonal coin with the number on top of that. But I chose the um, the eighth of the of this coin to be uh, uh, an exact multiple of the layer eighth I, I have chosen. So now in, in my slicer, I can I use uh, simplified three D. So yeah, I know it's not it's not free and open source, but it's fine. You know, there's <laughs> there's 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 Cura, but it's kind of like um, Photoshop versus GIMP. GIMP does a lot of things very well, but Photoshop does it better. Right. Um, for for the so, moment, anyway. So Cura does lots of good stuff. I actually took some settings from Cura to put them in Simplified Three D because uh, some of the settings in Cura are better. Um, so uh, I kind of had the best of both of both worlds, but still using Simplified Three D. Um, so in Simplified Three D, you can um, use what they call process uh, processes in your in your uh, slice. So what I did is I, I, I um, set up two processes. The first one only slices from the uh, the build plate to just below the numbers, and then the second process slices from just on top of the uh, the coin to wherever the number uh, ends. So when I print that, I print I run the first process which prints the coins, so that prints everything. Up to the the, uh, the last layer of the of the coin, then the printer stops. Now at this moment, I have to be there. That's that's one of the the drawbacks of these methods is you have to be there when the first process ends because you have to force the printer to you know keep the hot hand hot and the uh, the um, the uh, uh, the bed hot also. Mm-hmm. Because your your existing pieces have to stay right there. They don't. They, they, they can't move because if you move them, then it's it's finished. Problems. Yeah, yeah. Then with the hot hand still hot, you swap the uh, PLA. You put uh, another uh, roll of PLA in there. Extrude uh, a few centimeters to purge the uh, hot hand, and then resume uh, the print. So that the the hot hand will start printing mid air, but since the previous pieces are still there, it will actually print on top of the previous pieces. Mm. And PLA sticks very well to PLA, so there's uh, there's no problem there. That's really cool. So that's how I do that. Yeah. So yeah. is that you can do that with any printer then? That any any three D yeah. printer can stop can pause yeah. like that? Because yeah. I've paused printers when they ran out of, um, you know, I was going to say ink, but no. They ran out PLA, of uh, plastic. PLA, plastic, <laughs> the filament, and to replace it with another of the same roll. But I didn't think of, of actually pausing it or... So it's actually, it's a set pause that allows you to change the material. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's interesting. And then, does it, so does well, the I, software have control over it then? Is, or is it... Or well, there's probably a better way to do that. But the way I do, I do that, it's, it's too independent print. So it's actually not... Posing. That's why I have to be there to manually uh, turn the, uh, the Got heat it. on. So it so actually it, thinks it's done, and then yeah. you put in the next. Oh, and then and then I manually tell. Um, I use Octopi to drive my uh, my printer. Uh-huh. Uh, Octopi is uh, is um, an awesome software. It's a, it's um, you you can 
there's actually three ways to print. You can have your printer connected to your uh, machine, you know, to your PC via USB, for example. So your slicer will send the the, the G code, the commands to the printer via USB, mm-hmm. which is very well until you need to reboot your machine in the middle of a print. That's not good. Does uh, it sound like you, it? <laughs> no, no. If you're, I don't know, if you're recording a podcast and uh, and you need resources, then uh, your machine is uh, is busy. Uh, you can send, you can uh, save the uh, G code on an SD card and then print via the SD card, uh, which means you have to have a SD card ready, um, save to the SD card, eject the SD card, and move t- physically to the printer, put it in there, use the menu, and start the print. Well, we all know that you never have the SD card handy when you need it because <laughs> it's probably still in the uh, printer, so you have to go get get it. Right. You have to save your file. You will at some point you will forget to eject the SD card and you will kill it. So it's doable, but <laughs> it's not really practical. And so the um, the, the the solution that uh, I uh, I have is that I used Octopi, which is the, so uh, a, a manager for uh, the printer, and. More specifically, I use Octoprint. Uh, well, no, I use yeah, I use Octopi, um, which is uh, uh, um, yes, it's a distribution. You can call that a distribution for the okay. Raspberry Pi, which includes Octoprint. Uh, it's a it's a light uh, Raspbian distribution. Okay. Um, and so you install that on a Pi. You configure your Pi to connect to your Wi-Fi, and then that's it. You have a, a web interface, so you connect to. Uh, to your Pi via your web browser. Um, and the cool thing is that uh, Simplified3D has the possibility to send the, the G-code to Octopi via to Octoprint uh, via web service every time you save the file. So I'm on I at my computer, I slice the the the, the uh, STL file that's uh, generates some the G code and it sends that to uh, Octoprint, and then I connect to the web interface and hit print, and it starts printing. And I haven't, uh, I'm still sitting at my desk, and uh, I've, I don't have to move. Just I, I need to check that uh, the PLA now is there. I need a webcam uh, that you have on it to watch. Yeah, it. I don't have the then webcam, never, but you can. Then you never have to get up. Well, <laughs> you do because you have to change the, the well, real okay, PLA. Yeah, but, all right. Well. Yeah. So yeah, um, that's uh, that's how I do that. I actually use the same technique to do something that I think is uh, is even cooler than that. It's that um, you start printing a one or two layers of uh, one color, for example, and then using the same the same method, it stops. You force it to um, to to keep the hot and hot and the, the the bed also hot. Change the the PLA and then you can print around what you have already printed. And since it's not very high, you you, you have. To, I, I guess you. I wouldn't go over maybe two layers of 0.2 millimeters each. So that's 0.4 millimeters max. And then you, the nozzle can can come very close to what is already printed. And deposit some more filament around that, and in the end you have one surface with um, with, with two colors. Hmm. Um, and here I have an example of that. Oh, look at that! How did you make it so shiny? 
because it's printed on a mirror. Oh. Every, all my prints are like that. So oh. that's that's gonna be in the end. That's gonna well, it's a, it has already been uh, in a, in a, a lump, uh -huh. and it it shines like this. But see, I'm going to put some awesome. uh, some some pictures. So that is really for the benefit awesome. <laughs> for the benefit of the listeners. So that, that's um, uh, Pac-Man uh, Ghost, Pink Ghost, Pinky. Yeah, that's Pinky. Uh, so it's uh, the the the, the Pac-Man is uh, pink. The the eyes are blue, and uh, or, um, the uh, how you call that? The, the white. <laughs> white eyes. Yeah. The, yeah, the white of the eyes is white. So uh, how, the the way I printed this, I printed first. I printed two layers of this blue square here. Then I changed the PLA, put some white PLA, and then it printed. Uh, I printed the white around the blue, mm -hmm. so you can see it's it. And now it's it's one surface because it fused, right? It's, it fused both That's both uh, colors on on the bed, and then I printed the pink around around that, and it fused also. And uh, so now I have a I have this amazing Pac-Man that I'm That's going amazing. to put on the in the show notes. So that yeah, and that. A technique that I've, I've uh, seen on on the internet, of course, because everything is on the internet, and <laughs> it's a way to do multicolor prints with a a basic 3D printer. So that's awesome, and you can do that with Octopi really nice. and simple simplify. Yeah, which Sim 3D. Yeah, I use the uh, simplify 3D. Simplify 3D. Okay. Yeah, but you can do that with Cura too. It's uh, I mean it's uh, it's just a case of saving uh, three. STL file and arranging them in a way that they are aligned on the in the slicer. So depending, it, it depends on on which slicer you use. Uh, in Simplified 3D, you have an option to align the origin of your models. So if it's done properly in Fusion 360, then you can export the STL files, and they will have the uh, information of the origin. So you, when you get into uh, Simplified 3D, then you can align. Or everything under. It's a bit of work, of manual work, when you have to change, uh, you know, wait for the end of the print, change the, um, uh, the the temperature manually, then change the PLA and start the next print. But it's so beautiful that uh, it's worth it. Yeah, it's worth it. That's very cool. It's uh, you've turned something very sciencey into very into an art. But, uh, <laughs> well I done. don't know if it's an art, but uh, I would say yeah, so. That isn't that. That's a very uh, there's a very artistic approach to you know. 3D printing. Yeah. So I think yeah. that's, and, uh, that's something to be commended for sure. Because I mean, you know, there's there's an art to any of the manufacturing techniques and, you know, and, you know, the uh, to do <clears throat> multiple shots of different plastic that's a, you know, the over molds or whatever, usually mm -hmm. like for plastic and like a rubber handle over it or, or different materials. And so essentially you've done that, but in the 3D printing world and that is, that's pretty astounding without moving yeah. the part and instead. So that's yeah, yeah. really cool. That's very of course, cool. if you have if you have multiple extruders uh, on your 3D printer, then it's it's a lot easier. But uh, I just I, I saw this technique on, uh, on on a YouTube channel that I will uh, link in the show notes, and I thought mm, I, I I like that, and uh, it's a way for uh, for anybody to to do multicolor prints. And, yeah, that's uh, great. It, it turned out very very nice. Yeah, like as that. you said, it's shiny because it's printed on a mirror. And uh, a lot of people uh, say that printing on a mirror is not, uh, you know, it's it's not working, it's not useful, it's uh, not this and not that. Well, I have proven many times that uh, it's wrong. It's pr printing on a mirror is awesome. It it 
gives you some very shiny and mm -hmm. flat surface. Yeah, it looks. I, I thought it looked great. I, I wouldn't. Yeah. Just from the from the webcam, I would not have known that was 3D printed just because of how shiny and how nice that looked. Yeah, it, like, if you look at if you look at it like that, it almost looks like yeah. It almost looks like it's um, injection molded. Uh, injection molded. Yeah. 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 Very cool. Yeah. Wow. Well, yeah, that's uh, that's my uh, my 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 occupations uh, this uh, this past uh, few weeks. Um, Uh, yeah, as I was telling you uh, before the show, my daughter really likes to have new stuff uh, and she would love to have new stuff every day, which is not possible. But, um, you know, using the 3D printer, I can print, you know, uh, a toy, uh, a new a new thing for, their, for her uh, dolls or for Playmobiles and things like that. So she's, uh, she's happy <laughs> and I'm a happy father because she's happy. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, just gotta keep enough spools of PLA around, and and you can keep yeah, your daughter happy for for ages. <laughs> that's my problem right now because uh, I I try not to order too much too many things because I don't want people to get sick because I ordered something. Right. You know, we don't we don't know what uh, uh, what what can happen, so I I tend to not order a lot of things, but I'm going to run out of PLA pretty soon. So what, what we can have do, to order. you could order it now, let it sit in your garage for a few days, and then it should be fine, right? Maybe? Yeah. Maybe? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. Then I can I, do that. I, I've been a crazy person and, been, and I've been spraying everything down with Lysol every time, every time I bring it in the house. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yes, I'm nuts. No, you're not. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, so that's it. So that's, uh, that's my uh, activities these past few days. I love shall it. we shall we uh, go to the thingiverse thing of the episode? Yes. So I see did you see? I see it's another vice. It is. It is. It's an awesome one. So uh, we'll holding a little note MCU. So that uh, that automatically exactly. makes me interested. <laughs> And I have the same one here. Oh, it's nice. not another MCU. It's a uh, what is that? That's. Um, And the SP to uh, okay. 8266. Yep. And that's. Uh, but actually, it is an MCU. Yeah. Yeah, it is an MCU. <laughs> so, um, yes, it is, um, it's called Yet Another Machine Vice. Um, it's really fun to print, it's entirely 3D, 3D printed. So there's a, a, a screw in the middle, and when you turn that, the screw. Then turns two gears, and the gears are locked. Um, uh, what can I describe that? There, it's locked. Uh, yeah, in the uh, in the uh, in the horizontal. Um, yeah, in, in one direction, and then the the gears turn, and then they they turn around. A what do you call this? A screw. The, that's a screw. Okay, so there's uh, a, a, another screw. Uh, that's a lot of screws, <laughs> uh, and it, it it can be used to hold uh small oh, actually if you open it uh, all the way it can hold um uh, pretty big objects and that's uh the, the the main idea is to um maybe use that as a clump when you want to uh, glue two pieces uh, together or right. hold a 
a microcontroller when you want to uh, solder yeah. uh, some some cables to the the, 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 the pins. Um, there are some there are some uh, pieces that I had to reprint. Um, the the gears mainly uh, they were too too fat. They they were not uh, getting into the, uh, the the the, ah. the the place where it was supposed it to. So well I, I scaled. Yeah. So I scaled that a little bit, a uh, little bit down. I think ninety five percent of the the width, and um, and uh, yeah, it works. Uh, it works very well. It's supposed to be very strong. I haven't uh, yet forced uh, applied force on it because you know to hold a microcontroller, you don't need to uh, to apply a lot of force. So it, it's no. it's really handy. It's really useful. I've used it already. Um, I uh, pasted the link in the uh, in our Telegram group, and uh, <coughs> and Dave uh, printed it too. Um, the interesting thing is that you can use whatever PLA you have left. I mean, there are some small pieces, except for the base, which is kind of uh, uh, you know uh, chunky. Uh, everything else is um, pretty small, so you can uh, use whatever uh, leftover you have and. Uh, Finish your filament like that. That's 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 awesome. You could probably even like run them through to the end, so you can have multicolored parts then too. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, actually, there's uh, who someone in uh, in one of the Telegram groups showed me a a technique to uh, fuse together small parts of uh, oh. filaments. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, multiple techniques. You can do that with uh, just you know the uh, um, and a solder iron and then uh, you, you have to um sand the um the 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 the, 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 the joint yeah. so that yeah the filament so that it's it's Doesn't it's uh, mm -hmm. or there are some uh tools that you can use uh you can for example one one of the uh, the examples was to use some aluminum paper and then uh roll the the, the the two pieces of the filament in, in inside of a bit of uh, aluminum paper, and then hit that. Uh, yeah, that's so. There's, there are there are many ways to do that. I, I might try that. I have a few uh, a few uh, small pieces of uh, filament left over, so I might try that. Have a a bigger one, and yeah, I'll try to yeah, to use that to print. Yeah, yeah. You got to tell me how that uh, how that works out. Yeah, well, I I already know that. Uh, by printing the, the the pieces for the game uh, with white and then color, and when you you switch from a color one to white one, you have to extrude uh, about fifteen centimeters. Uh, so that's uh, what uh, six inches, about some, something about, like that, yeah. uh, of filaments for the white to actually be completely white. Otherwise, it's a it's a mixture of uh, the the previous color and the white. Get that nice marbleized look. Yeah, it could could <laughs> it could be fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, um, do you have anything else to add for this episode? I do not. I was just thinking how handy that that vice would be though for you know when soldering leads or soldering um, headers into the board. Mm -hmm. That's yes. way nicer than what I've been how I've been doing it. So, um, yeah. Although access to my three D printer has been cut off as of. Uh, the end of 
March. So I need to fix yeah. that somehow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's really it's a really nice uh, nice tool. I will of course put the link in the show notes along with the uh, with, with my pictures of it. I love it. Good deal. Well, thank you everyone for downloading downloading our previous episodes. Uh, we really appreciate that you take a little bit of your precious time to listen to us. Um, those are difficult times. I know um, maybe you have more time on your hand to listen to podcasts or maybe you don't. Uh, if you, uh, like me, work from home, you actually don't have more time than, than usual. Um, so thanks. Uh, anyway, if you've taken the time uh, to listen to our episode, you can get in contact with us by sending an email at feedback at makerscorner.tech or by following us on Twitter. We are at makerscornerspod. Uh, on on the, this uh, media uh, and uh, if you send us feedback uh, unless you uh, tell us otherwise we might very well read it on a, uh, an upcoming show uh, if you want to chat with us in a more lively fashion between episodes you can join our telegram group that I have already mentioned that's t.me slash makerscornerpod Unless otherwise stated, this podcast is released under a Creative Commons by attribution share-like license. And I will put the respective licenses of uh, the, uh, the different objects uh, that I will link in the show notes. And of course, this podcast is this podcast. And of course, this podcast is part of the Other Side Podcast Network. You can find more about our awesome shows at otherside.network. Well, that brings us to the end of this episode. Thank you, Nate, for joining me once again uh, this week. Thank you for sharing with me your game. I, I, yeah. I'm looking forward to, see, to getting seeing the final product. And uh, yes, you know, be, I will. It might be fun to to replicate over here. I will make a video of uh, Zoe playing the game, and I will also publish the uh, the files on Thingiverse for whoever wants to print it. Fantastic. Of course, it's gonna be it's gonna be on the under a Creative Commons license, so it's gonna be freely available. Yay! Yay! <laughs> well, that's it for this episode. We will be back in two weeks. In the meantime, stay inside, wash your hands, and take care of yourselves. Ciao, ciao. See you.